Welcome to Elisha's Space. Today we are honored to have John Katsavos joining as our guest. John is an inspiring figure who has found ways to not only cope with depression, but to thrive in life. With his unique perspective and expertise in exercise, holistic living, and martial arts, John has helped many individuals on their own journey towards better mental health and well-being. He believes that the hottest of fires forges the toughest steel and has proven this in his own life. Join us as we dive deeper into John's personal experience with holistic approach towards mental health and practical tools that listeners can apply in their own lives. audience to Elisha's Space. I'm so pleased and so glad that you're able to join us today. I have John Katavos with us today. He is someone who has gone on a personal journey in dealing with depression. He did some changes in his life where it's a more holistic living. And for those of you that have gotten to know me on past podcasts, or if you've heard any of my past talks, or if you have been a present or prior client of mine, you know that I'm very much into holistic types of remedies when it comes to dealing with mood as much as it makes sense. And when I heard about his story, I thought to myself, he'd be a great fit for the show. And I thought he'd be someone that you all could also get assistance and support with, that he has some ideas and resources that would be meaningful for you. So John, I would like to thank you for joining us today. It truly is a pleasure and an honor to have you with us. Well, thank you, Elisha, for having me on the show. It does mean a lot to help get my message out and my story to how I got through some really hard and really hard times in my life. So thank you for the opportunity. Of course, of course. Happy to do so. So if you could share your personal journey of dealing with depression and how you discovered the tools of exercise, holistic living, and martial arts as an effective ways to combat it. To tell you that it was a uh, short spurt of, you know, going through uh, d- d- depression the first time where I lost my, where I lost everything. I lost my entire identity as a man. Wow. Um, I had no job. I had no, I lost my entire footing, uh, which left me to go to a bridge and think about ending my life. I didn't, obviously. That was about 20, 20 years ago now. And um, it was a long grueling progression of small incremental changes in my life. Uh, Now, looking back, it's uh, given me a lot of tools that I actually implement for uh, to help other people to get out of uh, sticky situations like that. I guess you could say the first uh, how I got there uh, was I had gotten a, a really good, well, I wouldn't say a really good job. It was a secure job for a long period of time. I was a security guard. And, um, I lived through uh, 9-11 in Toronto, and we were through the bomb scares and all that as a security guard. It was quite quite interesting. I was a shift supervisor, and um, two guards on Christmas Eve decided to go make themselves coffee in a tenant space after hours. So they went up breaking and entering and theft because we had no permission to be in their space. Wow. 
and um, I lost my job as their supervisor, as well as those two guards also lost their jobs. So at the time, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand that as a supervisor, it is my responsibility what the people under me do. And if I don't reprimand them properly, that is my butt on the line as well as theirs. So that led me into a downward spiral of anger and hatred and self-loathing. For an entire year, I, I locked myself in my parents' basement. And um, it was just a lot of negative talk that year, one after another, after another, after another. And I just had enough. I just I couldn't take it anymore. I saw my friends getting married, getting secure jobs, beautiful cars, getting their lives together. And here I am in shambles. I can't even make the minimum payment on my visa. Couldn't do it. And my visa wasn't that expensive. 30 bucks. I couldn't even do that. And um, that incident on the bridge turned my life around, which it, I don't want to say turned my life. I just snapped my fingers and I walked out of it. It didn't happen that way. I had, uh, I guess you could say an angelic transformation or in, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Intervenes. And um, it showed me my funeral and it kept asking me, is this what you want to be remembered for? Like I saw my friends walking into my wake, the entire front row, which was my parents, my family, just just got up and just charged the back where my friends came in because they all blamed them for putting me in that situation. And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to be the cause of other people's suffering. I cause suffering to myself. That's fine. I can deal with it. But when it causes other people harm, I don't want that. So it brought me back. Well, it took me to the person's car that I landed on. And it, I just saw the shambles of a man, the shell of a man that I left him in. I completely destroyed this man's life if I went through with it. And again, it asked me, is this what you want to be remembered for? I told him no. So it brought me back to the bridge, said, you have something else that's in store for you, or you can jump and this will happen. Choice is yours. So I decided I'm just going to walk off. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to walk off. After that, it was just little things that just kept popping into my head. Like, okay, I wake up every morning and I keep telling myself nasty words in the mirror. The first thing in the morning, see myself in the mirror and I say some nasty stuff to myself. So, okay, well, just take, take the towel, put it over the window or over the mirror. I don't have to see myself. All right. Then, I don't know, like... Two weeks later, I would go out for a walk. And when everybody was gone, I would just go out for a walk, just a little walk around the block, just to get some fresh air. And that just led to one thing after another, after another, to the point where I landed a job and I started to have some money coming in. I started paying my bills. I started feeling more secure as a man, as, as a quote unquote provider who I had nobody to provide for except for myself. It was just small wins one day after another, after another, after another. And it got to the point where after I got the job, I got a job, I signed up to the gym because I remember this is where I was most happiest when I was working out in the thick of it and I could take all my negative stuff and just dump it into the gym. But it wasn't enough because I remember one night uh, I, was, I got a job as an armed guard and one night I was, uh, I was with... Uh, we were going back from the drop. The drop is where we take all the money and we give it back to the bank, into the central bank. And then we drive back with an empty truck. And um, I just looked at my messenger. We just got off the highway 
And I just looked at my messenger and a thought popped into my head. This was a turning point for me. I didn't realize it was, but it was a turning point for me. The thought was, he's not fast enough. He's not fast enough for me reaching, unholstering my gun, putting it in my mouth and pulling the trigger. He's not fast enough to stop me. I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm not out of it. I'm not having any more of it. I'm putting my stake in the ground and this is this has to end. So the other part of where I was where I was most happiest was when I was in martial arts. So the next day there's a local martial arts club just in the in the area and I signed up. And after that it's like every time that I would get into the gym or into the martial arts club especially the martial arts club. It was the weirdest thing. I would get beat up, like 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 physically, like just demolished, destroyed. And I would walk up with a with a biggest smile on my face. It was the weirdest thing. I couldn't explain it, but I just felt so happy. I felt so happy. But now looking back, I realize what happened. I understand what happened. And um I'm sure we're gonna get into more of it. But that's basically that transition from being on a bridge and where I at, where I, where I got to. Now to tell you, you know what? I'm completely out of it. I've never experienced depression again ever since. It's a lie. That is a complete lie. I still I still battle it. I battled it earlier this year when I came back to Toronto. Really? But yeah, I almost jumped off the 23rd story building balcony that I was staying in. Well, I'm glad you're still here with us. I'm glad too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I get it because there've been times in my life like I can think of a time when I had just uh, we weren't divorced, we were separated and from my husband who's now my ex-husband and I was in a domestic violence situation with him and I was coming out and I just felt the weight of everything. Plus I had two little kids who were twins. So I get it because it's so you feel like you're doing everyone else a favor. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, people say, you know, when it comes to suicidal ideation, people say it's a selfish thing. But when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't really feel like a selfish thing. You feel like you're helping everyone else out to a degree because you feel like your presence is not, it's just a waste. And for me, what grounded me was my children. You know, later on, like for you, later on, it became different things. But for me, later on, it was my children. Because the thought came to my mind, if something happens to me, what's going to happen to my children? You know, they already lost one parent. I felt like I couldn't do that to them. So I understand People's stories may be different, but to some degree, we've all kind of stood on that bridge. And for you, it was getting that probably a vision or something like a vision to let you know there's more to your story. This is not the end of your story. And that's what you held on to. And then the other part of what I heard you say is you began to change what you would say to yourself. You began to recognize that the things that were terrible that were being said, you started to make changes so that it could be shifted. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, it like, like I said, I was doing this like subconsciously, like I wasn't aware of the changes that I was making. Right. But looking back, I could see the progression that I made and it was, uh, it was quite, um, 
I don't know if it was just me doing it subconsciously. I don't know if there was a higher power involved. I don't know what it was. I can't put my finger on it. All I know is that it was one small change of me putting the towel over the mirror in the morning where everything started to change drastically. The snowball effect was Fight Club. That was a snowball effect because that was where a lot of dealing with my own demons came to the foresight. And um, when I became an instructor, I really, really, really started to, uh, well, I was training to become an instructor. It wasn't a full-out instructor. I really started to understand the power of Sistema, of Fight Club, of martial arts, of getting beat, physically beaten down and understanding that, yes, I have the answers already. No one needs to tell me anything else. I know what to do. I just have to trust myself trust the process, keep going through, keep going through the motions. We have a different way of going through that stuff, but it's more, more in the lines of the same thing. I know it sounds cliche, but it really is the truth. Well, it's always the small changes because it's, um, this is going to sound cliche, but for people that are dealing with depression, it's almost like you're in this fog or this Mm -hmm. cloud and you do little things, but you don't really know It is like subconscious almost, like you don't really know. But it sounds like when you started doing the martial arts, you were starting to get your confidence back in yourself. You were starting to also probably work through some of those things that were inside and being able to exert that through exercise. You know, whatever that might be, whatever that was in you that you was feeding the depression, you were finding an outlet for it. Yeah, I guess you can say, yeah, it was an outlet, but it was also a means of, like you said, like you said before, it's a means of, uh, of me regaining my confidence. Right. It really was. It really was. I'll I'll give you an example. We had this one exercise that I loved. I loved this. This is one of my favorite exercises because this exercise defines life. And in Sistema, we, we teach people that no matter how much in control of the situation that you're in, there's always something that's going to happen externally out of your control. They'll knock you on your butt and you won't know how to get out of it. Boy, that's life. That's life. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a fighting example of what I mean. We have this one exercise where you're wrestling one person and you have three guys standing around you. So your focus is on this person. And you're trying not to get either choked out, get anything dislocated, or get too beat up. The job of the other three guys is to help the person that you're wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you, here's your focus. Your focus and you're winning. You're doing great. You're doing amazing. You're moving properly. You're getting the locks on. But now you have three guys that you know they're, they're going to kick you in the head, kick you in the privates, grab you. Try to not to let let your let you do too much damage to your to their friends. So where and if you think that you're not going to get kicked in the head, kicked in the privates, get punched in the head, or get choked yourself, you got a new, you got another thing coming because you are. But what you have to realize is that you already have the tools yourself to not only get out of that situation of fighting four guys at the same time but walk away from that situation as well or send them to the hospital while you're going to the hospital yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but as long as the doctors are working more on them than they are on you, that's a win. Right. Right. What would you say is the best or the most significant thing you've learned from doing the martial arts and how it helped you to get out of depression? Do simple things first. Do them often. Mm -hmm. In Sistema, we teach, we start off the entire, actually all the martial arts that I've done, all of them, not just Sistema, all of them. The main focus on all martial arts is breathing. If you can breathe, you can get out of any situation that you can, that you want. So breathing is super simple. Everybody does it. Everybody knows how to do it, but nobody does it right. Right. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Now in martial arts and forgive my ignorance, do you do any deep breathing or breathing exercises? Okay. Yes. A lot of times with my clients that I work with, we do a lot of deep breathing exercises. Yeah. It it depends on the martial art. Uh, I'll give, um, for example, like um, Muay Thai kickboxing. They do a lot of short, powerful bursts of breathing. Mm-hmm. In uh, Shotokan Karate, they do the same thing. They do short, powerful bursts, but they also do like deep breathing, meditative style breathing. Sistema, which uh, I spent about f- close to 15 years studying, uh, we do a mix. And, and the mix, it depends on the situation that you're, you're in. For example... If you're wrestling somebody and they got you in a rear naked choke, which means they got their arm and their elbow right around your neck and they're cutting off their, your breath, mm-hmm. you got you have to understand short breathing. And you can breathe short. That breathing short lets you think, mm-hmm. gives you, buys you time to figure out how am I going to get out of this? Right. But it's a technique. It, it's a technique. And then you start bringing it deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So breathing is key for any stressful situation. Absolutely. What other holistic things have you done that have helped you with your depression that have helped you move forward? I'd say most of it is mindset. Yeah. I'd have to say most of it is mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like getting simple wins in the first thing in the morning. Yep. I get as many wins as I can in that morning. Mm -hmm. If it even means brushing my teeth, that's a win. Right. Even if it means doing one full push-ups and nine push-ups from my hips. That's a win. Mm-hmm. If I couldn't do one full push-up yesterday and I did one today, guess what? I win. Going out for a walk, five minutes, 10 minutes, 45 minutes, that's a win. So I try to get as many wins as I can in the morning because it sets me up to win the rest of the day. I love that. I love that. I know a lot of times I also try to help people think about, you know, what are you grateful for? Have Keep thinking about what are you thankful for? And it can be the smallest thing. You're thankful that you have your health. You're thankful that you were able to eat a meal. You know, it's the smallest things and it, it helps as well. But I really like the idea of setting your day off and counting your wins. That's an apps. I'm going to add that to my stuff for people. Y'all got new assignments now. (laughs) So for someone who might be a little hesitant to do some of these things or, or try different things, what would you say to encourage them? Just don't think about it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Do whatever pops into your head. I, well, okay, okay, let me just rephrase that. Don't do anything that pops into your head. Like, don't grab a gun and start going around shooting people. Don't do that. I don't want you doing that. But do positive things, small things. 
when you're going out for your walk or when you're sitting down in your chair, think about your breathing. Am I breathing deep enough? Am I breathing properly? Just try to get whatever small little wind that you can because you can get them if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. And I have a program that I'm putting together that teaches you these things, putting small wins together so that at the end of the day, when you have your checklist of wins, you say, wow, that was really simple, like 10 push-ups in the morning. Right. You don't have to do 10 push-ups. Just do one and you won. Mm -hmm. Next week, do two and you won. Mm -hmm. Next week, do three and so on until you do 10 push-ups. And in 10 weeks, guess what? You're doing 10 push-ups. Every time you hear that no inside your brain, just go and do it. I've noticed too that, I know I'm going all over the place, but I just find you so interesting, John. I noticed too that for me, my career is a full circle thing. And I have a feeling that with you becoming a martial arts instructor, that has been your full circle thing. So can you kind of talk a little bit about how you've been able to help others, maybe with some challenges they were having through holistic living in martial arts as a teacher or a trainer? Um, I was more of uh, a, a, an instructor in practice. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't really, I wasn't, I didn't get the title instructor, system instructor. I didn't get that. During me teaching the classes, I'll never forget this story that actually happened. I was doing a handgun disarming. I was teaching a class on how to disarm a person from a handgun. Now, just to be clear, if you're fighting up against somebody who's holding a gun to you, give them what they want. Absolutely. Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> if they want your wallet, everything inside that thing can be replaced. Your life cannot be replaced. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but in the, in the context of martial arts training, I decided, you know what, we're going to do handguns. Mm -hmm. So I saw this one little lady and um, she was very frigid. She was very scared. She was very, when that, even the training gun, when it was pointed at her, she just froze. So I just, just told her, focus on your breathing, focus on your breathing, turn that part of the analytical side of your brain that's thinking, turn that off. You know what to do, trust yourself and just move. You see the gun pointed at you, get away from it, then get away from it, get away from it, get away from it. And next thing you know, she's putting a guy down, holding a gun to her who's twice her size. And she was just in awe, just completely in awe. So the biggest thing that I learned as an instructor was trying to help people understand that you already have the answers. You just need to trust yourself and just breathe and move. If you can understand to do that, those three simple things, and I know it's not easy. I understand it's not easy. You will find a way out of whatever situation that you're in. What if you have difficulty trusting yourself? Wow, great question. Breathe, move, and put yourself in the empty box. Okay. Just stop thinking. Just stop thinking. Stop thinking and think about breathing and moving, whatever that movement may be could be going out for a walk and breathing outside. It could be pounding out 10 burpees if you can do it. It could be doing 10 push-ups. It could be doing 10 squats. Yeah. Breathe and move because you will find an answer, especially when you stop thinking, an answer will present itself. 
And that's why I love the gym as well, because it gives you that opportunity to stop thinking about your life and start focusing on your rep. Mm -hmm. The other reason why I like the exercise of exercise, whatever that might look like. So we're talking martial arts, but it could be like you mentioned, going out for a walk. It can be playing a sport Mm -hmm. is a lot of times Uh, Generally speaking, now there are other reasons this could fall under, but generally speaking, depression exists because there's some unresolved emotions, feelings, things that we're dealing with that have yet to be worked through. And when you don't work through those things, what happens is it leads to depression and it can lead to anxiety and other things too, because it's unresolved. And it's kind of like when you're simmering something, if you don't deal with what's in that pot after a while, it's going to not do well. It's not going to do well if you don't deal with what's simmering in that pot. It has to come out somehow. So the act of exercise allows your body to exert those things because our body is our body. Our body doesn't know why we're feeling what we're feeling. We know why we're feeling what we're feeling but our body doesn't. So a lot of times our body will put us, for instance, perhaps in a state of fight or flight. So we're constantly in a state of alert without having a way to exert some of those things. So it just allows your body a way to kind of calm things down. A lot of times people that have depression and people that also have anxiety, and for those who've also experienced various forms of trauma, They have tense, very, very tense muscles, or they might even find a contortion or something or something of that nature because your body is tense and it may not even understand why it's tense, but it just thinks, oh, you know, something's about to happen and we want to be prepared. So the active exercise, whether it be martial arts or anything else that's similar to that, allows your body to give it a release so that you can properly, all of you can properly process what's happening so that you can move forward. And that's why a lot of times after you've done exercise, after you've done some other things, that's why we think clearer. That's why we have a happier mood afterwards. It's because we've given our bodies a chance to kind of process what it's going through too, even though mentally we're still trying to figure out what we're going through as well. John, did you by chance make any changes to your diet during that time too? I would assume you did because you were doing martial arts. Is that right? I've never really did too much with my diet. Um, Like I said, like for the longest time I lived at home. So I was eating according to what my ancestors were eating uh, I'm from Greece, so I was eating a lot of Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Mediterranean food, Mediterranean diet is a staple of my genetic code. So it was a lot of like I was. I noticed that every time that I do eat out, um, I would get more depressed or more signs of depression coming on. So I would like, I guess you could say, subconsciously not eat out and eat more for eat more at home, mm-hmm. like 
mom's home cooking is mom home's cooking. Like you can't go wrong with that. Right. right. <laughs> well, the Mediterranean diet is known to be, it's the only diet that mm. has been by science shown that it's the best diet you can do. And it helps with mood. I can argue that. I can argue that okay. with you because yes, it is for the people that live in the Mediterranean area. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dr. Weston A. Price did a very fascinating study back in the early 1900s. He was an orthodontist. I don't know if you know, I've ever read Dr. Price's uh, works. No, I haven't. So this is great information. So Dr. Weston A. Price did a very interesting study. He wanted to know in the early 1900s why Americans, he was an orthodontist out of Cleveland, why Americans had such bad teeth with all the modern technology back in the early 1900s of dentistry. Because we eat terrible food. But go ahead. Well, he did what any orthodontist, normal orthodontist would do. He packed up his bags and he went on a world tour <laughs> with a specific mission to go to local tribes that have no external contamination. Mm -hmm. He went to the tribes in Australia, indigenous people in Australia. He went to Northern Canada with the Eskimos and the and the people that living on, on the islands and, and tribes in Africa, tribes in Southeast Asia. He found tribes in Europe that have no connection to the outside world. And what he noticed was that while their nutritional intake was completely different, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example, the indigenous tribes in, in uh, Australia, the majority of their diet was fruits and berries, very little meat very little oil. The tribes up in Northern Canada, very little, if any, fruits and vegetables, heavy meats, heavy oil, heavy fats. Mm -hmm. Tribes in, in Northern Sweden, Finland, and Norway, same thing. Tribes in Greece, we have an island that the average, average age is 105 years old. Wow. 105. Their nutritional diet Mediterranean. Isolated groups in Mongolia, same thing. Completely different diet from everybody else. They're living into their well hundreds. Mm. What he noticed is that their teeth and their bone structure is bigger than people living in North America. Really? Yes. Why? Because they didn't divert from their ancestral diets. So yes, the Mediterranean diet is healthy to people who have genetic backing and DNA from the Mediterranean. That is excellent. No, I had never heard that before. It's worth reading. It is very worth reading. It sounds like it. Okay. Absolutely. Sounds like that. Well, John, I want to really, really thank you for coming onto the show. I want to thank you for sharing your story. I wish we had more time to like really talk because um, I really enjoyed talking with you. Maybe we can do some future collaborations as well, which I think would be 100%. great. I always ask this question before I close out my show. And what resources or recommendations do you have for the listeners that can maybe help them and assist them when it comes to helping them with depression? Do you have any favorites? I think I covered most of it in this and it's just keep it simple. Yes. Do one thing and do one thing well. Yes. Win. Win. Have your small win. That's it. You'll see one small win will turn into two small wins. Two small wins will turn into four four will turn to eight 
And slowly but surely, this is not going to be an easy ride, but it can be easier if you can support yourself and put yourself in a community that supports you and cheers you on. But just get that one win under your belt. It may not be signing up to the community. You may not have the money to do so. I get it. I get it. I've been there, been there recently. But if it just means doing one push-up, going out for a five-minute walk, guess what? You won. And I will say, and I'm sure you will agree, when you are in the middle of that situation, when it comes to depression, just getting your feet on the floor, (laughs) waking up and brushing your teeth, taking a shower, that's like you ran a marathon. That's like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing ever. Because it's very difficult to just do everyday tasks. So I add to that, celebrate. Whatever it is that would make you celebrate, celebrate the win because you did it. You did it. So audience, I thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you taking out the time to listen to us as we had talked about this very important topic. And I'm sure John will agree that as you go forth, Just do the small things because in the end, it all matters. It all adds up and celebrate the wins along the way. We're here to assist and support you throughout your healing journey. Thank you for listening to Elisha's Space. Be well. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll subscribe so we can keep the conversation going. Now go move forward in your healing journey.